0: This is JFF's Apprenticeship by the State with Joseph Hollins, the former State Apprenticeship Director of Louisiana. We'll talk to State Apprenticeship Directors from around the country to help you learn how to work with their agencies to start registered apprenticeship programs in your community. Today, we go to California, where we're joined by Eric Rue, the State Director in California. Eric, how are you today? I'm
1: doing well, thank you Joseph.
0: Well, Eric, it's uh, great to hear from you and good to have you join us today for uh, this podcast. Eric, can you introduce yourself a little bit and can you tell us which agency the apprenticeship division is housed in in California and maybe a little bit about your structure? We know that traditionally every apprenticeship office has an apprenticeship director and ATR, but... Recently, there's been some new positions added, to, and and each department looks different. So can you go over that a little bit with us today, Aaron?
1: Absolutely. In California, historically, the Division of Apprenticeship Standards is housed within the Department of Industrial Relations. Uh, Within the Department of Industrial Relations, we have uh, our sister divisions that include the uh, California Labor Commissioner's Office, what we call the Division of Labor Standards Enforcement, uh, our Cal OSHA office, the Division of Occupational Safety and Health, and is also home to the whole workers' comp system within the Division of Workers' Compensation. The department is a, a roughly about 3,000 individuals, uh, including the Division of occupational standards, standards, which I am the, the chief over uh, the DAS. That reports directly up to the director of the Department of Industrial Relations who reports up to the agency's labor and workforce development uh, secretary uh, that works directly for the governor's office there. Uh, Within the world of workforce, California actually has four different uh, divisions, boards, panels, uh, departments that deal with workforce. And so under the Labor Workforce Development uh, Agency, uh, there's six departments that under the Labor Workforce Development Agency that includes uh, workforce for the Employment Development Department's Workforce Services Branch, who is responsible for the America Job Centers of California, uh, uh, as well as the California Workforce Development Board, which handles the state work plan for our workforce system and uh, also houses uh, uh, provides policies to our 14 uh, regions and 45 uh, local workforce development boards. And we also have what's called the Employment Training Panel, which is a panel that actually provides funding uh, for California employers who pay into a 0.1% tax, actually, up to the first $7,000. Uh, they give out $125 million for chemical Worker Training that we also work uh, closely with as well. Prior to the COVID-19, we were actually in the process of developing a new department that would bring all of our four departments under one umbrella, uh, within the labor workforce development agency. Uh, however, uh, because of our legislature, um, you know, not being able to meet as frequent, uh, that legislation could be pushed off hopefully, uh, uh later this fall, plus to establish this new department, uh, beginning hopefully July of 2021. Within the Division of Apprenticeship Standards, we have uh, 89 budgeted positions uh, that deal specifically with the Registered Apprenticeship System. Uh, Within that, uh, we also have, we provide funding and support of our California Apprenticeship Council, which is a council made up of 18 uh, governor appointees within uh, the state of California that's specifically for the building and construction trades industry and firefighters. Uh, in 20, uh, September 2018, we actually bifurcated our operations to create a new uh, interagency advisory committee on apprenticeship uh, that's made up of 14 labor secretary appointees uh, to help us uh, build out uh, apprenticeship programs in non traditional industries outside of the infrastructure construction and firefighting industries as well. Uh, our staff, basically, I call them problem solvers. Uh, they are they're there to really connect dots uh, for industry, for labor, uh, for community-based organizations, uh, our educational system, uh, as well as our, our America Job Centers and our local workforce boards. Uh, they're there to provide expertise in developing, sustaining, and growing apprenticeships, uh, you know, both horizontally and vertically with a skilled and trained workforce. Uh, our staff continue to work with, also note, here in California, because we do have a lot of staff, we we provide uh, ongoing support of our apprenticeship sponsors well after the initial registration occurs, and our consultants are there to really, uh, again, be problem solvers, to answer questions, to provide expert consultation, and and, and really to make sure that uh, our apprentices are being supported, as well as our employers and and our program sponsors.
0: 89 positions. I'm sure that uh, many directors are going to listen to this and be pretty envious of you all over in California.
1: And like I said, we learn so much from our other states, uh, what they're doing as well. And uh, yeah, we definitely uh, uh, are very uh, blessed and excessive of the budget that we do have to really promote registered apprenticeship.
0: So, Eric, what what would you say are some recent highlights of registered apprenticeship in California, whether it be growth or new industries or new partners? What, What would you say are some of those highlights?
1: I actually have three examples. You know, uh, we really have some really ambitious goals here in growing registered partnership in non-traditional industries like uh, in the healthcare, uh, financial services, information technology, cybersecurity, which is really exciting, uh, advanced manufacturing, and, and civil service. And we really have a goal of really trying to make our programs not only that they're sustainable but that there's a, there's a process that makes, to make them actually scalable as we move forward. Uh, the first one I want to highlight is our Shirley Ware Educational Center. Uh, it's a joint apprenticeship committee uh, on health care. Our partners include uh, the SEIU, um, uh, United Health Workers West. They also include joint employer education fund, the Shirley Ware Education Fund, uh, the San Joaquin Office of Education, Kaiser Permanente and Dignity Health are our employers. And uh, over the last year, year and a half, we've actually uh, established uh, occupations, registered apprenticeship in hospital and ambulatory coders, central sterile processing technicians, uh, surgical techs, and medical assistants. And uh, I'm a, I have some programs that we're doing right now that would also include an interventional radiological technician. Just to give you an idea, the starting wage for a first period apprentice for that uh, radiological technician is $57.98 per hour. Wow. So these are high-road training opportunities right now that uh, we're, we're working with our partners. Uh, the second program I would want to highlight is uh, our, in the central coast of California, it's in, at San Luis Obispo. And we call, uh, there's a nonprofit called Slow Partners, who is an intermediate area. Uh, They are a nonprofit, and they're in partnership with the San Luis Obispo County Office of Education, as well as Cal Poly San Luis Obispo is located uh, there as well. And we have 19 small, medium, and large employers that are actually uh, a part of this uh, apprenticeship program that include, uh, you know, uh, businesses like Amazon, uh, Pacific Gas and Electric are are, are major utilities on the West Coast, Arabo Bank. And Clever Ducks, which is one of our larger advanced uh, manufacturing programs that they have on the Central Coast. And within uh, this apprenticeship, we actually have 12 occupations that we have a registered apprenticeship in that include IT business analysts, data center technicians, computer support specialists, cloud operations specialists, software test specialists, web developers, again, software developers, network security administrators, Windows systems administrators, uh, Linux system administrators, database administrators, and a project manager. And so it's pretty comprehensive, and we're, what we like to see also is, is being able to take those standards and then be able to replicate that in other parts of the state. And the, then the third thing I'd like to highlight is, is our civil service with the state of California. Uh, state of California is one of the largest employers in our state. We have over 225,000 full-time state employees. And we have historically haven't done a good job with, uh, with retention and, you know, and with, uh, workforce, uh, succession plans. And so apprenticeship really plays a key, key role. And over the last four years, we've been working, uh, with our California Department of Human Resources and our California Department of Technology, as well as our employee unions, uh, with, uh, the Service Employees International Union 1000. And uh, last year, we had a a wonderful relationship with IBM to help provide curriculum for our database folks that really support our large tax systems that we have, databases that we have here in the state of California. Uh, We also have uh, uh, apprenticeship programs right now uh, in uh, not just information technology, but also we had one of the first licensed vocational, vocational nurse to register nurse programs in the country as well as uh, really uh, last year we we're sort of focusing on our financial services for accountants and auditors and investigators uh, to, uh, to really build up. So uh, our, our governor has a very ambitious goal. Uh, prior to the COVID-19 issues, we were uh, putting together a state master plan to really uh, address how we were going to uh, increase our apprenticeship, our registered apprenticeship by uh, which would get us around 500,000 registered, active registered apprentices uh, over the next
0: decade. Wow, those are some really good things. And uh, I know how hard it is sometimes to get the folks in the healthcare industry brought into the fact that, you know, RN can be developed through apprenticeships. So I know that that was uh, something that took a lot of work. And I I really just have one question. Can I, can I get into the apprenticeship program that's 50 uh, something dollars an hour in the first period? Yes, <laughs> Yeah. <that'd be> <laughs> so Eric, you have a large staff. You, uh, obviously, uh, things are unique in California, but what, what kind of makes your state stand out, uh, from some of the other SA or OA states, do you think, what makes California unique?
1: Like I said before, we will learn a lot from our partners and, and uh, our counterparts across the country. Uh, one thing that makes us different is just our sheer size, uh, both geographical and our population. Um, and just to give you some ideas, prior to the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, California, if it was its own country, was then the fifth largest economy in the world. Actually, a, a bigger economy than the United Kingdom, which is the sixth largest economy, just to put it in context. With that, uh, the, you know the Governor uh, Newsom here in California has called us out, and, 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 and apprenticeship is something that's very important to him and for us as we uh, provide opportunities for all Californians, uh, which you know we're roughly just under 40 million people that live here in California. In addition, uh, a lot of times it feels like we're chasing cats as the division of apprenticeship standards because uh, we have over a, you know, a thousand high school districts that we deal with. We have 115 community colleges that we deal with. Plus, we're really trying to also establish apprenticeship opportunities, even in our uh, university system. So, we have 23 Cal State universities within the state, and 10 University of California uh, campuses as well. And that all spans, you know, 900 miles from you know from Oregon down to the Mexican border. So, is uh, I think the challenge for us is that we don't have one central system. So each We have uh, 14 economic regions and really trying to identify where the skills gaps are in each region and provide a solution for our employers and and our community to really try to keep our talent at home and really build up our talent. And that's where I think it's really important that we really focus in on youth apprenticeship. Uh, The average age of an apprentice, uh, just like in the rest of the country here in California, it's around 28 years of age. And uh, just looking at the last uh, demographic data that I had, you know, many, you know, over 20 percent have college degrees and many have served uh, uh, in the military and uh, either gone on in college or uh, or, or gone into our, our registered apprenticeship programs. So for us, it's really to have a strategy to really address apprenticeship at a much earlier age is really a, a goal that we really want to see happen uh, within our thousand or so uh, or unified school districts.
0: And I know you mentioned a little bit earlier about a nonprofit intermediary that you all were working with. And so we know that traditionally apprenticeship was kind of union focused building trades. And even once it was uh, non-union programs, you kind of just had trade programs or non-trade programs. And But nowadays there's intermediaries, there's nonprofits, there's many different people that training providers, many different people that seek to be sponsors. And so does the entry point into the apprenticeship system vary on the type of organization uh, that's seeking to get a program started? Uh, Meaning if it's an intermediary, they kind of got to go this way. If it's a union, they kind of have to go a different way. Or do things differ based on the type of Organization in California.
1: Absolutely. So, um, a lot of our programs here in California, like, and, and probably very similar to the rest of the country, is majority of our registered apprentices are going to be found in the building and construction trades industry. Or actually, the, the largest registered apprenticeship program I believe in the country is, is our actually our California Joint Apprenticeship Committee for firefighters. Uh, that program alone uh, has 173 local fire departments. And uh, they say CAL FIRE as employers, and uh, the number of registered apprenticeships in that one program can vary anywhere between 9,500 to 12,000 uh, registered apprentices at any given time. Uh, these programs uh, have been around for some time. Uh, they've had many years to, uh, uh, for our firefighters, for instance, that program started in the, the mid to late 70s. And so it's, it's had nearly 40 years to really uh, to grow to where it is today. But to your point, uh, really how our programs are structured, we have both programs that uh, for our firefighters. I'll use that as an example. It includes both union and non-union fire departments. And so basically they have 18 different occupations that they, they got registered. Uh, not only are our firefighters, but they go into forensics. They go into how to be battalion chiefs and, and what have you. So there's uh, these programs. Over the years, has really uh, provided opportunities. Uh, again, uh, having a broader approach to, to building out registered apprenticeship programs, where an individual may go through a registered pr- apprenticeship program multiple times, right, to, as, as they progress their career, mm-hmm. and uh, and so each program is set up a little differently uh, uh, as far as the non-traditional. Uh, when we get outside of the firefighters and the and the building construction trades, we have about 18,000 registered apprentices that are outside of the firefighters and in, in the building construction trade. So we're, we're still relatively growing. This is a, a, really, a, a, really a new focus. We've received some positions over the last three years from the uh, legislature to got us up to a point where we do have 89 staff. Uh, you know, when I came on board, and just to give you context, when I came on board in uh, October of 2017, we had 53 budgeted positions, so we've nearly doubled our size and the focus is really in the stock traditional sector side and really looking at the type of individuals that we actually are bringing into the traditional apprenticeship standards, uh, folks that are uh, have a background in human resources and marketing and sales and, and being able to be able to have these meetings with companies like Sony, who were at, at a meeting with... Uh, 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 that was put on by IBM and Sony down in uh, North San Diego County where they have their North America Headquarters. And, uh, and, and we're, you know, just being able to have a team there that is, is providing opportunities uh, for large companies, as you know, to, to be able to really try to get talent that's coming out of our high schools and and community colleges there in the San Diego region. Um, and it's something that the, uh, the COO of Sony really wanted to, Happen. So, uh, you know, those, those are the types of things that we've been really trying to focus. Historically, a lot of our staff have come from the building construction and trades and, and have had an approach of a time based model. And, uh, and in 2018, we changed a law to allow for a competency based or a hybrid of a competency and time based model uh, that would help us uh, have flexibility in, in building our apprenticeship programs uh, in the non traditional by the health. And of course, we still have the uh, very similar to the federal government, our, our laws are re- require a minimum of 2,000 hours of on-the-job training and
0: 144
1: hours of related technical instruction as
0: well. The path to registration uh, in California, about how long does it take for someone to go through the whole standards development process and then as they're going through that process uh, and, and kind of get towards the end, Is your apprenticeship council regulatory or is your apprenticeship council advisory?
1: So, we actually both is the answer, right? Uh, Since we bifurcated our operations, uh, our non traditional side of the house, the non building and construction trades and firefighting side, is an advisory committee. And so, within that, I have the full authority as as the chief to, to review. And to approve registered apprenticeship programs that are that do not have um, work processes overlap with our traditional industries, the timeline really does uh, it really depends on several factors. Uh, a lot of it is, is depending on how many partners are going to be involved in, in in developing a registered apprenticeship program. Uh, is is are, are we looking at? Is this going to be set up as an intermediary where we have a nonprofit like a Goodwill Industries, for example, or or slow partners that is going to and do the day to day operations and nuts and bolts of putting in a, a, the apprenticeship standards together, uh, and and then. In California, there's a requirement that every registered apprenticeship program has to have a sign-off letter from a local educational agency. So, our staff is, is there to, to really uh, uh, identify our, our, our local educational agencies, get those letters uh, beforehand, and, and really provide. Or there's also funding opportunities. Just to give you an, uh, an idea of what the investment is here in California, we have uh, the, the California Community College chancellor's office who oversee the, the 115 uh, community colleges here in california uh it is the is the financial arm here in the state of california uh they provide our k-12 system about 35.6 million dollars to help offset the cost for related and technical instruction and then our uh, they also provide $28.6 million to our community colleges for related and technical instruction. Uh, in addition to that, uh, we also have a $15 million uh, uh, California Apprenticeship Initiative grants that help uh, uh, start up new registered apprenticeship programs. And so our staff is always looking at ways to help uh, offset some of the, the initial startup costs of developing apprenticeship programs. And then I talked earlier about the employment training panel. Um, They provide about $25 million alone each year uh, in training opportunities to our apprenticeship programs as well to help offset the costs uh, with related and technical instruction as well.
0: Let's say an organization comes to you and uh, they say, we want to start an apprenticeship program and they have everything that they need. What's the duration of time that it takes for them to register? And have you done anything as director to streamline uh, that process?
1: Great, great question. On average, uh, we're looking at the full process can take up to six months or so, uh, and, that's, and that's really identifying do we have employers on board already? Is it a single employer program or is this going to be uh, through an uh, intermediary that might have several employers? Making sure that we have a classroom, right? Uh, you know, that the, 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 we want to train on that the, there's capacity either at a training center, which a lot of our building construction trades have their own training centers to, to, to really train up their apprentices. Or is this delivery going to be made at an, you know, either an adult education uh, situation or, uh, or through the California Community College system? And so we want to make sure that classes are available, that, the, that we have the local community college on board, and to uh, make sure that we have enough uh, students, apprentices that are, that are actually taking courses uh, there to, to make it worth the community college's time uh, and effort uh, there. Uh, In California, there's also requirements that once we get all of our I's dotted and T's crossed uh, in the application itself, we have to post the proposed standards on our website for a minimum of 30 days. Uh, And this allows just uh, just for the public to comment to to me and... and this will also give uh, uh, an opportunity for our building construction trades folks to raise any concerns that there's any work processes that might overlap with their traditional training programs themselves. On the process of lighting, uh we did a t- couple of things that when I first came on board, uh, I noticed that we were dealing with a lot of paper. And so one thing that I developed was a web-based uh, portal that would allow our apprenticeship programs to directly put in data into our database. And this includes uh, the apprenticeship agreements themselves, uh, update addresses as they as they uh, occur, um, as well as um, letting us know when when apprentices uh, drop out of the program, cancel the, the, the agreement, or uh, when an apprentice completes. And so all of this is done now online. Uh, the second thing is California, uh, we're not recognized by the US Department of Labor. So if I'm in, uh, an apprenticeship program here in California, I have to register separately with the U.S. Department of Labor and the state of California. And one of the things that we've uh, been working on is a dual registration template so so that the uh, our apprenticeship programs do not have to have two separate processes that we, we kind of uh, uh, streamline uh, registration through uh, adopting a lot of what's already in the federally approved program, but also making sure that... Um, California laws are, uh, which our laws are a little bit more strict in some ways uh, than federal law, which could include requirement of apprenticeship committees and and what have you as well.
0: Well, I'm sure that many of your programs will appreciate that dual registration to deduplicate some of the efforts that they have to do.
1: I'd say real quick, also, I just want to shout out to Jobs for the Future um, and their consultants. I know we work uh, we work closely with a lot of which JFF has has done to help uh, facilitate. And uh, a lot of the programs that we have dual registration uh, is through their expertise as well.
0: Uh, There's a lot of resources there out there that uh, JFF helps all the directors get their hands on. And so, Eric, what would you say is the most frequent thing that trips new programs up? You have a potential program and they're trying to get started. What, What is that one thing that usually is the hanging point that that handles them from uh registering
1: yeah i would say first thing uh first thing is that as soon as there's an inkling that a program wants to have a registered apprenticeship program is to contact us and to actually get a consultant from the division of friendship standards there earlier in the process than later uh and and so with that the consultant then can assist with making uh, the required, uh, you know, uh, as far as the, the partnerships, collaborations with the sponsors and employers and, its, uh, and or associations, they can also uh, identify potential barriers or challenges that we might have uh, because of, for instance, we may have a work process that uh, is not going to get uh, approval from the California Apprenticeship Council. And so really try to uh, identify... How we can you know work on the work processes together, but I, I would say the number one thing that we have is 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 that the new program applicant is is the delivery of the related and technical instruction to make sure we have a local educational agency on board, uh, and to make sure that uh, you know our folks are able to ascertain you know which programs uh, local educational agencies we have that would be able to support uh, what they're trying to do uh, on the curriculum basis. Our largest local educational agency, which is not surprising by far, is the Los Angeles Unified School District. They provide out over a million hours of related supplemental instruction. Those are the dollars I was talking about. You know, they, they, they fund $6 and, in, in, in this budget that was just signed here, uh, the end of June. Each of our registered apprenticeship programs uh, could be eligible up to $6.44 an hour. Um, and, uh, uh and, just that one school district sends out over a million hours each year to our registered apprenticeship programs. Uh, and then I think it is important for our VA staff to, what they'll do is they'll provide a, a work plan, uh, they'll have a, a, a timeline, they're going to identify potential barriers, and then there's the ultimate goal, and this is what we tell our staff is, is let's figure this out. Let's be flexible. The answer, the answer is always yes until it's a, it's a definite maybe. And It's really trying to figure out how how can we best serve uh, what we're trying to accomplish, and all of this in the, in the bigger context of you know where are the jobs needed, where are we need to skilled and trained workforce, and uh, and then how do we you know really get the partners on board that we need to make that program successful.
0: Eric, recently in the country, there has been kind of a renewed focus on getting younger people and you touched on a little bit with the average age of the apprentice being 28 in California and you seeking to kind of get that age a little bit lower. There's been a renewed focus on pre-apprenticeship and youth apprenticeship in America. And so in California, uh, do you all do more pre-apprenticeship where it's kind of tied to the program or do you all do more uh, youth apprenticeship where it's programmed specifically for high schoolers?
1: Great question. Uh, w- historically, we've done a poor job in California as far as youth apprenticeships. So that's one of the things that we're really trying to change. And part of it is, is even in our in our high schools, right? Our counselors, our, our administrators, our parents, you know, our, you know, have really uh, an idea of an apprenticeship that's really 1950s, 1960s type of apprenticeship, which is in the building and construction trades, and and really. For us, uh, in our high schools, they're under a lot of their A to G requirements that is being pushed down by the University of California system and and having an approach of a college or bus type of uh, mentality. So uh, we're we're wanting to build a system that is going to be complementary to that going through the the college system as well. But it starts with change. And so historically, we, we haven't had really unique, strong youth apprenticeship programs, but I do have one that we're, we've been working on for two years, so uh, this is outside of that six months because we're bringing in a lot of partners uh, that will make a regional hub, and it's currently going to be in, it's called the San Joaquin County High School Apprenticeship Initiative. It's located in Stockton, California, and Stockton's an a size. It's it's a smaller, large city. It's it's over 300,000. The the county itself has a little under 800,000 in the county. But we're bringing in, as an intermediary, a local workforce development board that is working with the San Joaquin County Office of Education, which is one of our, again, more proactive local educational agencies. And we're looking at uh, you know jobs uh, both in the public sector and private sector for county employment. And even uh, we have two high school districts within uh, San Joaquin where they're willing to hire their students at their local high school at, at Ripon Unified High School District and, and also in uh, Stockton Unified High School District. And then looking at various programs across all the industries that really make a lot of sense for youth apprenticeship. And so what we're hoping to do is to really provide the opportunities and, and make this a model that we can replicate in other parts of the state. Additional partners that's a part of that is the San Joaquin County WorkNet, uh, the Delta College, which is our community college there in Stockton, um, and and, and these, they're forming um, a master uh, committee that's uh, very similar to what we have with our firefighters, and then looking at individual sub uh, uh, apprenticeship committees. Uh, you know, and that's still you know looking at specific types of industries or or types of employers that uh, will help deliver that as well. And then we'll have a uh, we have a lot of private employers that are interested as well, uh, ranging from automotive to retail and manufacturing. And uh, and so uh, really also looking at what they're already doing with career technical education in the high school systems and how we can we can really um, put together a youth apprenticeship. Program that's it's really dedicated to to, the, to our
0: students. I know you mentioned Stockton just now, and you mentioned that I think it was Los Angeles County. They put over a million hours of instruction towards uh, apprenticeship. And so, outside okay. of Stockton and LA, what are some of the other school districts that uh, you have worked with uh, to engage registered apprenticeship in their in their districts?
1: Oh, fantastic! Yeah, uh, so I'll give you uh, so the, the L.A. Unified School District is number one by far, over a thousand, but over seven hundred thousand hours is Hacienda La Puente, which is in western Los Angeles North County. Uh, to give you, I mean, it's really hard to uh, to really uh, elaborate the size and scope of L.A. County by itself. L.A. County has over ten million people by itself. Right, so that's you can add Harris County uh, there for Houston and Cook County for Chicago combined, and LA County is actually bigger than both of them combined. So, just the size and the volume in LA County is, is tremendous. And so, 1.7 million hours to uh, two school districts that, that, uh, that they're in, they're in, in Los Angeles County. Uh, San Joaquin uh, County Office of Education in San Joaquin is the third. We work closely also in the Bay Area with President Unified School District, which is an amazing partner. Uh, Also, Oakland Unified School District is a a major partner uh, uh, with Registered Apprenticeship. Uh, And I know I'm going to be forgetting some, so hopefully my local educational agencies are not hearing me here, but... uh, uh, there's so many programs, both at the high school districts, but also at the community colleges as well. So we work closely with L.A. Trade Tech. We work closely with Sac City uh, uh, College, uh, Delta College, American River College. Uh, uh, there's there's a lot of, uh, and of course, in the England Empire, which is in, uh, 60 miles east of Los Angeles, we have Riverside, San Bernardino County, and uh, uh, one of our committee members on our interagency advisory committee, on apprenticeship is Charles Henkels and he's, he's uh, he's really uh, overseen a uh, launch and, uh, and and some amazing programs there in the Inland empire. So uh, each region really has their champions and, uh, and, and I know I'm forgetting a, a ton of, but uh, you know, of other partners, but uh, uh, um, they I mean, we're just, we've been working closely. Uh, San Francisco also, also, yeah. Uh, at Chafee College there in Fontana is, is amazing as well. And they they actually are based out of the InTech Center, which is graduating 50 apprentices each each, each session here. And so with many employers, uh, they're in the Indian employer and the manufacturing sector. So that's just a few.
0: Sounds like y'all working with a lot of school districts and, and you named some community colleges as well. And so, you know, traditionally, Eric, that apprenticeship has kind of seemed as though it may have been this thing that was not real formal education, right? It's housed in the Department of Labor and separate from the Department of Education. Uh, But it seems like you've done a lot of work to ensure that there is uh, some synergies there in between the apprenticeship and the Department of Education programs. And so do you have somebody on your staff or as your staff in general, have you all worked with uh, the state department of education and uh, you all's department of higher education to kind of align curriculums to make sure that there's some synergies there in between the registered apprenticeship curriculum and the CTE curriculums that they use in schools.
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's a great question. We do work with the state the department of education. Uh, they, we they actually have seats also on both our interagency advisory committee, as well as the California apprenticeship council. We also have, um, Members there from our financial arm, which is the chancellor's office of the California Community Colleges, that sit on on the board there as well. I will say that we're looking at really aligning our workforce services side of the house first. But uh, there's a lot of work for us to also better align what we do with our local educational agencies as well. I know that in order for us to to really meet the goals that are been set forth by Governor Newsom, we're going to need uh, to make sure that we, we do have a better alignment. Uh, of the curriculum and the curriculum delivery, and and how we really align the career technical education in the K twelve se- settings into um, what's also being in you know, there offered for various uh, A degrees and, and industry recognized certificates and you know, what have you uh, that would really uh, benefit in a, a registered apprenticeship model as as we work with the local re- uh, regional occupational centers and uh, programs uh, throughout the state. So the answer is. is uh, today, it's two separate houses in the state of California, very similar to uh, what it looks like on a national level, but uh, our Labor Secretary, uh, Julie Sue, is an amazing leader, and she's working closely with our Vice Chancellor of the California Community Colleges, as well as State Superintendent of uh, Public Instruction, Tony Thurman, really to, to align our workforce work schools, which include registered apprenticeship, but includes a whole uh, array of uh, offerings that we have in workforce services uh, across the board uh, with, you know, what's happening at K-12 and, you know, uh, community colleges.
0: Eric, as you work with education and you seek to bring apprenticeship programs to a younger audience, do you look to build those programs catered towards youth different than you build a, a normal registered apprenticeship program?
1: It really depends, right? I mean, it, it, if you look at the industries, uh, one thing we have to be careful of when we're dealing with youth apprenticeship, especially uh, minors, is that we we, we have uh, caliber laws that we want to make sure there's certain um, occupations that might be a little bit more dangerous. So, being able to look at what other states are doing, I know uh, up in the state of Washington and with uh, Director uh, Jody Robbins. Or, Leadership. They've developed a, a aerospace joint apprenticeship program up there. Uh, we're looking at ways that uh, we can remove some of the barriers that are you know, found in, in, in our statutes, right, uh, as well as, uh, you know, for our leaders, uh, one of, Some of the barriers uh, that we have to overcome is workers' compensation insurance, whether or not the companies would even insure minors. So we, we look, we're really trying to establish areas where there's uh, the least – amount of barriers. uh, And and, and looking at industries like information technology in in, in the public sector is really a couple of areas that we can really launch, I believe, here uh, quickly. And so uh, using our San Joaquin County uh, Youth Apprenticeship uh, Initiative as as really as a catalyst for us as we move forward.
0: Touching on pre-apprenticeship again a little bit, do you all formally recognize pre-apprenticeship in your state as something separate and apart from uh regular registered apprenticeship?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, prior to us recognizing pre-apprenticeship, and, and that came in with Assembly Bill 235 as well, this is, uh, just came into law it was an urgency bill. So, it, it, as soon as the governor signed it in, in September of 2018, uh, we actually registered pre-apprenticeship. So, uh, right now, a lot of our pre-apprenticeship is tied to state dollars. So, in order to get state funding, whether it's from our California Workforce Development Board or or uh, potentially for a future California Apprenticeship Initiative grants, uh, there needs to be a registered pre-apprenticeship in order to, to, to apply for those dollars. And and so, uh, in order to get a registered pre-apprenticeship, there has to be a relationship with a state registered apprenticeship program that would be willing to, to uh, enter into a linkage agreement or a memorandum of understanding that would uh, agree to not that all the graduates would have a, an automatic entry into registered apprenticeship, but that they're they're be willing to take uh, uh, graduates of that pre-apprenticeship into that registered apprenticeship program. So there's, there's actually a a a, um, a pathway right to to real employment and to to real uh, uh, apprenticeships. So uh, I know. There have been a lot of programs that have been labeled pre-apprenticeship, but in the past, uh, not being registered, there was there's no guarantees that these are actually reg- uh, uh, really going to lead to a to a career or to an actual job. Because if it's not tied to a registered apprenticeship program, um, it's really it's really career technical education. <laughs>
0: Exactly, and so I think that that is something that's key and important. That the regs state that you know, pre-apprenticeship, quality pre-apprenticeship is one that at least has direct interview, as you said, might not be direct entry anymore, but at least a direct interview. And so, some yeah. of your older programs, you know, they have their own pre-apprenticeship curriculum. Your your building trades programs, they kind of have their own pre-apprenticeship curriculum and run their own pre-apprenticeship programs, but. Those newer programs that you mentioned, uh, what is your office's role in facilitating the connection to them to a registered uh, program to make sure that they're connected for that direct interview piece? Yeah, no,
1: actually, uh, for us, I think it's really establishing our our registered apprenticeship programs in the non-traditional. Because right now, most of our registered pre-apprenticeship is in our traditional side, it's in the building construction side with the multi-curriculum core you know, Craft Core, their MC3, there's dollars uh, associated uh, for those three apprenticeships to to actually hold classes. I know our California Workforce Development Board is is paying out $5 million a year for the next five years uh, for really trying to get more diversity and access uh, into our, our registered apprenticeship programs. What we're also noticing is that there's a lot of uh, the procurement delivery here in California in the building construction, um, public works is really the, there's a there's a a lot of the projects require project labor agreements that develop a community workforce agreement which re- have some really targeted goals to, for access, uh, whether it's women, people of color, uh, veterans, what have you to really draw from the MC3. So there's a pool, which is the actual community workforce agreement, but we need to actually have candidates and, and we need to make sure that folks are going through pre-apprenticeships uh, that, so that they can be successful when they get into the registered apprenticeship program. In the non-traditional trades, we just don't have that, that system uh, really developed uh, in, in any maturity at the moment. So as a result, we do not have a lot of uh, pre-apprenticeships. Uh, however, some of our programs that have been going on for two to three years, uh, you know, have applied. I know that uh, we have, uh, we're working closely, uh, there in the Inland Empire, uh, with, uh, the Intech Center and with, uh, Chafee College and with the Riverside and San Bernardino Community College districts, which represents, uh, I believe there's nine community colleges in, in Riverside and, and very similar there in San Bernardino as well, that, uh, we can actually develop a pre-apprenticeship that they're, they're large enough that um, we, we we have a pathway there. So right now we just don't have a lot of maturity with, on on the non-traditional side to really establish a you know register pre-apprenticeship on the non-traditional side.
0: Yeah, and so you mentioned a little bit earlier about really the reason why people register these pre-apprenticeship programs targeted towards youth is to access funding, and so. Have any of these programs been able to utilize the in school youth uh, WIOA dollars uh, for their programs?
1: Yeah, so, uh, and that's one of the, uh, the benefits of actually having folks that are running our, our apprenticeship intermediaries to be on our local workforce uh, development boards. Where they're able to identify uh, funding uh, opportunities in that way. So I know in our San Joaquin County Youth Apprenticeship Initiative, that is one of the areas that we're really looking at as far as funding opportunities. As we move forward, we also we have a, a work really closely with the California Workforce Development Board, who's working with our California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation, and with our California Prison Industries Administration, there's CPIA uh to to look at youth uh, in our youth uh, detention facilities and what have you to provide mc3 opportunities uh to to be able to get into into registered apprenticeship programs and there's a lot of state funding dollars and there is a lot of WIOA dollars that we're we're working on right now uh in the uh LA Orange County of building trades is doing a, a really great job uh with our you know out of school uh youth uh WIOA uh dollars as well. There's really, in there's different areas of the state uh, that, that's really doing a good job. In our latest newsletter, we talked about also Camp Sweeney uh, uh, just had their first uh, pre-apprenticeship cohort, where they had 11 graduates. And the beauty of this program also is that uh, Cal PIA, uh, as, as 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 these individuals are getting transitioned into uh, into the world of uh, of employment, they're hand- they're taking care of union dues, they're taking care of uh, of tools, making sure that they have toolbox and what have you. So, there's uh, really a program to really try to look at ways that uh, uh, look at where that whole service of that, of that apprentice makes sure that, uh, you know, that potentially they have childcare, there could be transportation issues. There's all sorts of things they are really wraparound services to really making sure that that apprentice is going to be successful uh, uh, as, they, as they complete that pre-apprenticeship and enter into a registered apprenticeship program.
0: All that sounds uh, like you all have put in a lot of work to make sure that youth, and particularly youth in school, have a lot of opportunities to have a direct pipeline directly into registered apprenticeship before life happens to them, quite frankly. And so we've talked a lot about the strategies you all have developed with the education department, but have you all developed any strategies to expand Diversity and registered apprenticeship programs and, and reach out to opportunity youth. And uh, what have some of those strategies been?
1: Yeah, no, and we've been working really closely with aligning. Uh, it, it, for so many years, we've been operating in different flat loads within our workforce services branches. And so over the last three years, there's been a really a concerted effort that we bring on experts from all of the various workforce departments and, and looking at the initiatives. In 2018, for the first time in our workforce plan, there was a strategy for registered apprenticeship that was really built in. And so, in California, we have, you know, if you look at our demographic data, uh, we do our number one demographic. Uh, over 55% of our registered apprentices are Latino, Latina, where we can be better for us, it's, it's really uh, it's women in, in apprenticeship. right apprenticeship. In the construction industry, we're, we're just at 3.4% total uh, women into in both uh, building construction. Firefighters are even lower. I believe they're at closer to 2.9%. And so, how do we really look at access opportunities, uh, of bringing folks uh, across the board, There's actually a statute under the California Labor Code that requires us to to proactively uh, identify women, minorities, and and people with disabilities to get access into these apprenticeship programs. So we do work uh, closely with nonprofits. We work closely with uh, various partners at our workforce development boards and and with our American Job Centers of California, and and we're looking at, at ways, we notice a lot of our Bigger programs, especially, have a social responsibility within their own company climate and their policy, and so they they want access to, uh, you know, a diverse workforce. And so uh, we can, again, definitely do better as we move forward, but part of it is I think the big strategy for us is that we come together as one workforce with one effort to really uh, provide these opportunities and whether you talk about foster youth, you talking about folks that, you know, there's just so much opportunity for us to work with organizations like Goodwill Industries of Southern California mm-hmm. and, uh, and, uh, what flow partners is doing on the central coast and, and others. Um, you know, DAS, we're there to really try to, you know, identify where those opportunities exist and then to be able to, uh, to match those uh, those folks into either pre-apprenticeship or into, into a registered apprenticeship program.
0: So have you all, as you work to develop these strategies, have you all been able to engage WIOA any e to uh, kind of use WIOA to reach some of these out-of-school youth and get them involved and maybe some get some wraparound services there?
1: Yeah. So a lot of this work is being done by our sister department, right? So our sister department would be the California Workforce Development Board. Uh our, our consultants are there uh, engaging uh, with uh, local, local boards where there's opportunities where there to be wheel of dollars available for wraparound services. And especially as we go into our prison to employment initiative that we've been, been looking at as well to really try to, to make a big dent uh, in our recidivism rates and, and what have you. And, and, and this is uh, something that the governor has really taken seriously as well. Uh, both uh, Governor Newsom and his predecessor Governor Brown um, really is bringing together multiple state departments into into how do we provide these prison uh, to employment opportunities, but also how do we deal with folks that are going into transitional housing? How do we make sure that there's you know that there's wraparound services there um, and at all age levels at that point, right? So it could be uh, both at the youth level, but also um, with our adults as well. So as we as we develop these programs in these discussions are, are folks that, um, you know, have a, a mission and a purpose to, to really ensure that these uh, owe dollars are, are, are going to be really changing, you know, lives of those who who so desperately need it.
0: And so as you talk about reaching these folks who definitely needed these Opportunity Youth, you know, I always like to think about uh, my time as a director, I always saw Opportunity Youth kind of as two categories. You're, 16 and 19-year-olds who they might have been recently graduated and just they don't have any plans after graduation or, you know, your recent dropouts, but people who are still kind of connected to the educational system. And then your 20 to 24-year-olds who they might have graduated and went to the technical college, but didn't finish or they graduated and didn't have any plans. And they're not attached to any kind of educational system. And so it it's kind of hard to know how to reach them. And so have you given any thought about how do you uh, reach these two different groups and particularly those 20 to 24 year olds that, you know, they're not necessarily attached to the educational system?
1: Yeah, no, that's a great question. I mean, for, for everything we do, it really is is, is identifying the local um, networks, the local leaders, um, everything. Uh, apprenticeship is local. I mean, this is where the jobs are, this is where our training is. Uh, for us, it's really uh, working closely with our community-based organizations. The current county here in the state of California, which is, is the region north of uh, Los Angeles, and there where Bakersfield is, the, the county seat, uh, you have one some of the highest levels of disconnected youth. These are individuals, you know, and I, we say from 16 to, you know, 24, uh, that are neither in, 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 school or, or participating in the, in the job market. And so the, the, the opportunity to, to really touch the uh, folks that are not actually participating in, in either is great. So it, it's, it's really working with our, our community based organizations, our local high school districts, uh, working closely with you know, our local workforce development boards and in, in, in really um, identifying ways that we can really um, reach these young men and women, uh, you know, to, to provide them some hope. And so a lot of that requires how we market and, and, and how do we, you know, how do we provide, uh, you know, funding for our community-based organizations to do the work that they do so well. You know, really for for DAS yeah, yes, we're we're really looking at with the Division of pressure standards is to come beside and, and really really work with uh, local industry associations and labor unions and community based organizations to figure out how do we uh, really connect with both the sixteen and nineteen. And you're right, there's there's going to be you know just the, even the, the the percentage of disconnected youth in California really varies uh, depending on what part of the state you know that we're talking about too. So. Uh, great question.
0: Hopefully, uh, I'm sure that, Eric, you'll you'll figure out the answer and and have the solution soon with yourself and the great team that you have. So I really thank you for your time today, Eric. Is there any parting shots that you would like to leave us with uh, before we go?
1: I just want to say that, you know, of course, the Registered Apprenticeship Program, I put one of our Certificate of Completions with any of our university degrees. Right now, the average Five years out of a out of a registered apprenticeship program here in the state of California, the average is seventy five thousand dollars a year, and so to be able to go through a registered apprenticeship program where there's uh, where there's no college debt and actually you get the real job experience that's really that's really focused your education and really focused on what is needed to do a uh, to do the work is invaluable. So um, the work that we're doing here in california and of course all of our colleagues states and of course the u.s department of labor uh, uh, registered apprenticeship is, is such a, a useful tool of really changing lives and, and providing opportunities that would not necessarily be there without it so just a thank you for the opportunity today to
0: speak thank you eric thank you for tuning in to this episode of jff's apprenticeship by the state with me your host joseph hollins We hope that you enjoyed this episode and we look forward to you coming back to hear more of the innovative things that apprenticeship directors from across the country are doing. We're signing off.